0: you'll find more information on how you can subscribe to this podcast as well. We love hearing from you, so please feel free to contact us with any questions and comments that you may have. And we're going to go on into our study now, picking it up in Revelation chapter 20 and verse 5, and we hope and pray it to be a blessing to you. Chapter 20. If you have your Bibles and would like to turn there, Revelation chapter 20. In the chapters leading up to this, we've dealt with the second coming of Christ at the Battle of Armageddon, and at some time either. During the battle of Armageddon or at the end of the battle of Armageddon, John said in Revelation 20 in verse 1, He said, I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is called the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up, set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more. Now, Satan is being locked away because Jesus is going to set up his kingdom now, and he's going to rule and reign for a thousand years, and that means exactly what it says. Uh, Six times the Holy Spirit, through John, uh, gave this figure a thousand years. So it's not symbolic of anything, it is exactly... What it says there. Uh, With Satan locked away, it's going to be the greatest time the world has ever known. There's going to be a big difference in the world. Some changes will be made. Um, The Lord Himself, like I said, is going to rule and He's going to reign, He will be the government of that day and you and I will reign with him we'll be helping him in whatever the case the lord is going to decide the disputes of people at that time he'll decide the disputes of nations to such an extent that they will beat their swords into plowshares which means there will be no more war there will not be anything that destroys at that particular time the animal kingdom's going to be put back like God originally intended for it to be. The deserts of the world are going to become fertile to where people can grow crops and support themselves. And like I said, with Satan being locked away, there's going to be a big difference in this world because he's the one who kills, steals, and destroys. But with Jesus ruling and reigning, it's going to be a time of abundance. Oh, that's what Jesus said. I've come that you might have life and might have it more abundantly. The world's going to see it at that time. And guess what? All of us are going to be a part of it. Glory to God. You may not see it now, but with the eye of faith, with the eye of faith, that day is coming when the Lord will rule and reign and we will rule and reign with him. Even those who were beheaded for the testimony of Christ and refused to take the mark of the beast, the Bible says that they're going to live and reign with Christ for a thousand years as well. But if you'll look in verse 5, Revelation chapter 20 and verse 5, the Bible says, But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Now, there are two resurrections mentioned in the scripture. Only two. The first resurrection is the resurrection of the just or the resurrection of life. It'll take place in four different parts, and we looked at this last week. Uh, The general rapture of the church, which could take place at any moment, you have the rapture of the 144,000 Jews. Uh, During the first half of the tribulation period, 12,000 from each tribe in Israel will be saved, uh, equaling 144,000 Jews. And at some point in time, uh, the Lord is going to rapture them out. Uh, Another group that will be raptured out at some point in time are the tribulation saints. They will be raptured out, and then you have the rapture of the two witnesses, and that will come at the end of the tribulation period. And we made mention of it last week, you have those who believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, which believe that the rapture will take place first before the tribulation period begins then you have those who believe that you got to go through some of the tribulation mid-tribulation rapture then you have those who believe that the church will have to go through all of the tribulation period and like i stated all of these are correct to a certain extent because there are four parts to the first resurrection and uh We looked at that last week. Now, that will complete, when the two witnesses are raptured up at the end of the tribulation period, that will complete the first resurrection. That's it. The second resurrection is known as the resurrection of damnation. That's the rest of the dead spoken of here in verse 5. It said the rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years were finished. That will incorporate all of the unsaved that have ever lived from Adam and Eve right on up through the millennium. Everyone, they will be resurrected, given an indestructible body They will stand at the great white throne judgment, and then they will be cast into the lake of fire. Sadly and regrettably. But all of these are individuals that had an opportunity to get saved, but they turned it down for whatever reason. The Bible says the books will be open, and they will be judged according to the things that were written in the books, and then the book of life will be open, and their names were not found written. And these individuals were cast into the lake of fire. That's also known as the second death. That's the reason in verse 6, Revelation 20 and verse 6, the Bible said, Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. I don't know what part you're planning on going up in, but I, I, I believe when the general rapture of the church takes place at the beginning, that's when I'm going up. I'm going up right to start with. I'm ready for the trump to sound. I'm listening for it. Got my glad bags packed. I'm ready to go. And hopefully you are too, if you're walking with the Lord as you should. At any rate, the Bible says, Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection, on such the second death has no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. And there we have that term again, a thousand years. Let's take a look at the phrase there in that verse, blessed and holy. I think most of us understand uh, the blessing aspect of it. Partaking of the first resurrection, receiving a glorified body being with the lord up in heaven during the seven-year tribulation period missing the lake of fire we're blessed to be able to sit down with the lord at the marriage supper of the lamb and to be rewarded for the works that we've done uh, whether they be good or bad but Like I said, we're blessed, and I think we understand the blessing aspect of that. But I want to zero in on the holiness part of that. Some of you would say, well, Brother James, I understand that when the rapture takes place and the sin nature's done away with and I receive the glorified body, I'll be holy then. Well, my word to you tonight is simply this. You're just as holy right now as you will be then. By faith, right now, you are just as holy as the blood of Jesus Christ can make you. Understand that. You are a holy people. Well, you look at yourself and you say, Well, Brother James, you don't understand what I did today. You you don't know what I said today. I had an evil thought today that I shouldn't have had. You know, we all fall short. But the Bible says in 1 John 1 and 7, Haven, if you will, put it up on the screen. 1 John 1 and 7, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin cleanses us from all sin. Are you washed in the blood? You are just as clean and pure and holy tonight as you will be a thousand years from now when you're standing there before the throne of God. Because of your faith, not because of what you do or don't do. You're holy tonight because of your faith. Your faith is in the finished work of Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary's cross. You know, going back in the Old Testament times, the Lord told the children of Israel, he sent plague after plague to Egypt. He told them, he said, take a lamb and kill it. Take the blood and apply it to the doorpost of your houses. Apply it to the two side post and the upper door post of your houses. Get in the house, stay in the house, and eat the lamb. Tonight I'm going to come through the land of Egypt. He said, and I'm going to kill the firstborn in every house. And when I see the blood, he said, I will pass over you. In other words, the death angel would pass over. The people that were in the houses where the blood was applied would not be affected by the plague. Thank God tonight by faith the blood of Jesus Christ has been applied to the doorpost of your heart. And when the Lord looks at you... He sees a holy person. He sees the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. He does not see your sin. When you stand before him one day, you will not have to give an account of sins committed because they've all been washed away. He's forgot about them as far as east is from the west. I don't think any of us realize just how saved we are. Just as the world out here doesn't realize how lost they are. I don't think we realize just how saved we really are. There's no such thing as a halfway salvation. You either are or you ain't. You're either walking in the light and having fellowship with him or you're not. You're either washed in the blood of the Lamb. Your name's either written down in the book of life or it's not. And you say, well, Brother James, what happens when I sin, when I fail? You ask the Lord to forgive you. You don't look at that sin and get discouraged. Faith always gets back up. You're going to fail the Lord. We're still in this flesh. And I'm not giving you license to go out and sin. If you're you're saved, you don't want to sin. But the truth is, at times, all of us do sin. And... We do not allow that sin to pull our faith away from the Lord. We should not allow uh, whatever that particular thing is to keep us from the Lord. We take it to the Lord in prayer and we say, Lord, we failed you. Help us in this area. This is an area of weakness in my life. And I'm asking you to help me to overcome this thing, whatever it may be. And you take it to the Lord in prayer and you keep your faith anchored in the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary. And let me tell you, if you don't quit, God won't quit. If you'll keep that faith anchored there, the Holy Spirit will continue to work. And whatever that weakness is, whatever that problem is in your life, the Lord's going to help you to overcome that particular thing, whatever it is. But I just wanted you to realize tonight that you are a holy people. You might not think too much of yourself, but the Lord's got a lot invested in you. He paid a horrible price for our salvation. We are not our own. We belong to him. We are his property. He loves us, and he's not going to allow anything to happen to us That's going to hurt us. We might think it's going to hurt us, but the Lord's got our best interest in heart. Amen. All right. The second death, Revelation 20, verse 6, it says, On such the second death has no power. God told Adam and Eve in the very beginning there in the Garden of Eden, he said, In the day that you eat of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, Thou shalt surely die. And of course, we know that Adam and Eve did not die, not a physical death at any rate. Um, Adam lived to be some 930 years old. And uh, so exactly what was the Lord talking about when he said, In the day that you eat thereof, thou shalt surely die. God was talking about a spiritual death. Eternal separation from God. Sin separates. Death is separation. Physical death is separation. Make sure you understand what death is. Death is not the the destruction of the person. Death is separation. The soul and the spirit is separated from the body. Spiritual death is when the person is separated from God. Because of the fall in the Garden of Eden, man is spiritually dead. And every single human being that was born after the fall is born spiritually dead. But the moment the person accepts Christ as their Savior, the Holy Spirit of God comes inside. Jesus used the term born again. Unless you're born again, what was he talking about? Nicodemus thought he was talking about a physical thing. Jesus said, that which is born of flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. If you're saved tonight, you're born again. The moment you get saved, you become resurrected. Just like Jesus was raised from the dead, you become raised from the dead. The world out here, you know, they got these movies out now, The Walking Dead. To a certain extent, that's true. There's a lot of people walking around out here that are spiritually dead. But the moment Jesus Christ comes into their heart and life, they're born again. They're resurrected. Praise God. Now, like I said, because of man's disobedience... And sin. Man is separated from God. He's spiritually dead. And the end result of that is physical death. The Bible says in Hebrews 9 27, Haven, if you will put that up on the screen. Hebrews 9 27, very familiar passage of Scripture. As it is appointed unto men once to die. And then after that, the judgment. So all of us are going to experience a physical death if Jesus tarries. But we don't have to worry about the second death. The second death is the lake of fire, eternal separation from God. All right, let's look at the latter part of verse 6, Revelation 20 and verse 6. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Now what exactly does that mean, to be a priest of God and of Christ? It means that we will serve as the mediators, so to speak, between the population of the world of that day and the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, it's simply going to be pretty much like it is right now. We're going to point everybody out there in the world, those that are natural people at that time, we're simply going to point them to Christ, just like we do right now. The word rain has to do with government. And so all of us are going to have special responsibilities at that time. And the Lord will determine... What that is. Some of us will rule over a lot. Some of us will rule over a few things. It all depends on what we do now. With our salvation. Jesus said if you're faithful with a few things. Then you will be faithful with many things. But the Lord will make that decision. Alright, Revelation 20 and verse 7. The Bible says, And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of the prison. Now, how long this period of time will last, we're not told here. But we have to ask the question now, Why is the Lord allowing this? For a thousand years, this world is going to know... Bounty like never before. No war. No sickness. Because Satan's been locked up. The greatest time the world has ever known. And now. The Lord's going to allow Satan to be loosed out of the pit. Why is he doing this? When Jesus comes back at the battle of Armageddon. And he puts down that rebellion, the Antichrist and the false prophet, and all of those that are gathered at that battle, as well as all of those that have taken the mark of the beast, they're going to die, but not the whole world. There will be those who made it through the great tribulation period. They survived all of the judgments that came. They did not take the mark of the beast. And at the same time, they didn't accept the Lord as their Savior. They're going to go right on in to the millennium. They will be given ample opportunity to accept Christ as their Savior. Some will, some won't. Also, at that particular point in time, they're going to be children born just like it is right now they too will be given the opportunity to accept Christ as their Savior, just like it is now. Some will, some won't. After a thousand years of the Lord ruling and reigning, the population of the world, and when you think about no more death and dying, at least not to the extent that it is now, There's going to be quite a number of people on the face of the earth at that particular time in natural bodies. Some have accepted the Lord as their Savior, some have not. And the Lord is going to allow Satan to be loosed at this particular time, to pull together all of those that have rejected Christ. They have refused to accept Christ as their Savior. And they're going to allow Satan uh, to deceive them as the Lord looses him out of the pit at that time. And they will gather themselves together against Jerusalem. And the Bible says uh, there in verse 8, Satan shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle. The number of them is as the sand of the sea. All of these are people who are unsaved. That's a lot of people. As the sand of the sea. These are people who refuse to get saved. It's hard to believe that after a thousand years of peace, no war, no sickness. Everybody's a millionaire. No hunger. That men are still going to want their sin. It's hard to believe that, but it's the truth. Jeremiah said it very well. Jeremiah 17, verse 9. Haven, if you will, put that up on the screen. Jeremiah 17, verse 9. It's a good verse to put in your memory bank as a memory verse. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Our hearts are deceitful, wicked, ungodly. We don't know just how bad a shape we're in, really. That's why the Lord allows the devil to tempt us to show us where the weaknesses are. But at this particular time, people are going to choose sin and Satan rather than the Lord. And in Revelation 20 and verse 9, Revelation 20, verse 9, they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city, that's Jerusalem. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. That's it. We don't know how many, the Bible says, as the sand of the sea. One last conflict, one last battle as Satan tries to dethrone God. All of these people side with him. They come up against Jerusalem and God sends fire down out of heaven and devours them all. Revelation 20, verse 10, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And that's going to be the end of Satan.